0: Welcome to She Breathes, where the goal of every podcast episode is to inspire and empower women to up-level and lean in to the best versions of themselves. I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, it's Friday again. This weather, I swear, this weather is just making everything discombobulated. So we've had more two hour delays and no school this week. And, uh, which kind of throws me off because I'm like one of those people that likes to visualize my day and, or kind of visualize the week. And then once things get kind of wonky or, you know, there's a, there's, there's a change. I'm always like, okay, now, you know, refiguring. Um, but today, it, we woke up and got a call from the school system that said school is canceled due to black ice. And that's all that it said. Um, there was nothing outside, but once we got out and drove around a little bit, there, there was some ice here and there. So, And there is some snow in some parts of the county. Um, but then, like, all these things started getting canceled, like basketball games tonight, the conference swim meet tomorrow. And it's just, like, discombobulating because I kind of had all that planned out. Not to mention, both of my boys' birthdays are today and tomorrow, so my older son Brooks turns 15 today, and a lot of you folks who listen to this podcast also followed my blog for a lot of years, and so it is extremely hard to believe that little baby Brooks is 15 years old, and you know, for those of you who are listening who are parents of young children, it really does, it really is correct when they say the, you know, whatever that saying is like. The days are slow but the years fly by or whatever that is um that kind of thing where it seems like some of those days when they're really little and they're really clingy, and you don't know how to entertain them and you're trying to manage multiple little kids at one time some of the days can seem like they take a very long time <clears throat> and then all of a sudden they're 15 and it's so fun though this age is so fun but i feel like all the ages have been really fun I love being a mom, I've always loved being a mom, and it's just been something that I've always been grateful for, nothing that I see as any kind of burden, so I've just always been grateful to be their mom, Um, but anyway, so, Brooks turns 15 today, and he got his permit this morning, which is a whole nother crazy um, concoction of emotions, because now he'll be on the road driving, but at least we still have another year where I know he'll be with an adult um, driving, and so... Even today, he's driven quite a bit, but I was kind of cautious because of some of the black ice, so we didn't do a ton of driving today. And he's super excited. That really would not have been a good birthday morning if he wouldn't have passed the permit test, but thankfully he did. And since there was no school, he went with his buddy snowboarding and then he's doing, he's going to a movie with some friends tonight and doing all of that. And then my little monkey turns 12 tomorrow, which is so also hard to believe because he just always seems like he's still like my little baby, even though he's very quickly growing into an adolescent and almost a teenager, which is oh, also hard to believe. Um, so yeah, so it's funny because... I had my first one on the 19th. And then when I was really pregnant with my second son, Case, my older son, Brooks, was three. And I just remember him looking up with, at me and, and me saying like, I'm not feeling great. I'm maybe having the baby tonight. And that was like on his birthday. And Brooks was like, please, please don't be in the hospital on my birthday. I want you to be home when you're, on my birthday. It was so cute. And so somehow I kept that baby in until the next day at one o'clock or around one o'clock-ish, whatever. But um, yeah, it's funny. People always kind of laugh at their Birthdays are one day apart. I guess the only other really ironic thing was if it was the same; they had the same exact birthday. But it's always been a fun thing for me because I feel like January can be just one of those really drab, cold, dreary months with nothing to look forward to. Um, but I actually feel different about January because I feel like well, it might be because of boys' birthdays are in January, but I like January because I like to celebrate their their births. But I also like it because I feel like for me it's like a time to kind of like reset after the craziness and all the spending of the holiday season. I kind of just like January because there's like nobody has expectations for you. Nobody's planning anything. There's no big parties. There's none of this hoopla going on like around the holiday season and so it just feels really for me like a a month to kind of like reset for you know, this, the, for, for the coming months. So even though I do not like all the cold weather, I kind of just embrace it. I drink tons of hot tea and stay inside beside the fire. I've been trying to do a lot of reading, a lot of fiction reading, because that's something that I sometimes like let go by the wayside because I love to read nonfiction, like self-improvement books and like all those kind of books, spiritual books and books about nutrition and health and all of that. Um, so I feel like sometimes I put fiction in on the back burner and I'm really trying not to do that because I know to be a fiction writer that I need to be reading more fiction. So anyway, here we are in January, we are already on January 19th and I wanted to talk a little bit about my word of the month, which is release. And I think one thing that I've really noticed about having this word of the month, even though there are certain things that I haven't been releasing as much as I want, like the clutter in my house, I feel like because it's been on my mind, I'm sort of like subconsciously preparing to, for all of the release. It's it's like just been a part of me this month. And so even though so far I haven't released as much stuff as I want to, I still feel like I've really been thinking about it and learning about it. And in fact, yesterday I watched a show called I think I think it's called minimalism or the minimalist lifestyle on Netflix. It's actually not a show. It's a documentary. And it's not very long. And but I basically watched it. And then right after that, used some of the advice that they gave to declutter like an entire room and it was it it actually really did feel amazing and so one of their strategies was to look at everything that you have and to ask yourself does this have a purpose does this give my life valued or does this give my life joy and if you can't answer yes to any of that then you don't need the item so it's kind of like okay so you look at a lamp and it's like does this have a purpose well yes if it lights a room then fine. You, you leave the lamp. If it's a picture of your family, does this bring me joy? Yes. Okay. If it's a, an essential oil diffuser, does this have a purpose? Yes. Um, but if it's something that you can't answer yes to any of those, or if it's something that you haven't used in over a year or worn in over a year, you got to get it out of there. So you have got to release it. Um, the other guy, two guys are kind of the host of this documentary, but the other guy did this really interesting thing, which may work for you. Um, he packed up every single thing in his apartment, which if you have kids or if you're in a family situation, this would be really hard, but he packed up everything in his apartment, like put them in boxes into one room and then pulled out the stuff that he needed. And after a while he realized that he kind of just always needed like the same stuff. And so boxes upon boxes just stayed packed that he never needed any of that stuff. And so, he ended up donating that stuff or selling it but you know and a lot of the people that they interviewed for this documentary which I found fascinating was that um it like all of that release like all of that physical release was so good for their mental health because it just opened up so much space because I think we forget that every single tangible item has is surrounded by like energy and all that energy is a lot to absorb but that's why I feel like when I go into a yoga studio or I go into like a any kind of studio and I do yoga, it feels so cleansing because there's like nothing in there but yoga mats and maybe some other people. Um, but when I try to do yoga in my office space here at home, I, it just doesn't feel as relaxing because I've got like my podcast equipment set up. I've got like, you know, books and folders everywhere and I have like a chair where I read and then Matthew has a corner where he has all of his baseball card stuff. So it doesn't feel like... A place of serenity. And so that is something that we both want to work on is to try to get this space kind of cleaned out so it feels more relaxing. But it's kind of like if you guys have ever gone to like an Airbnb or some kind of condo for a vacation and it's decorated like really minimally and it just feels like really relaxing. And then I'll just have all my stuff that I really need and love, like books and my cozy slippers or whatever the stuff is, whatever vacation it is. And then I, it just feels really relaxing because there's just not all that junk in there. Um, but yeah, so release. And then. I won't go into, into the details, but like a situation happened this morning where it was like one of those emotional control things where I wanted something to go my way, and it went and it didn't and i and it was like a super trivial thing it's not not even worth telling the story, but it was a, one of those like ego moments where I just felt like that's annoying, and I feel like I had to just really let it go um because it actually in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal but you know how we all have these things in our head about the things that we want to happen in the way that we want them to happen so I'm trying to release the control and just let the universe take charge and do what do what it will but um so anyway today's episode I am going to um here in a minute today's episode is about Finding a sense of purpose in a way that something I wrote in my son's card, it just came out of nowhere. And I was going to talk about something else today on the podcast, but I was writing in my son's birthday card and this just like sentence came out of nowhere. And so I decided to talk about that on today's podcast, as well as I chaperoned a winter retreat this past weekend. And it was a faith based retreat, but I love this church because it's not in your face, like doesn't make you feel like, you know, it's not like one of those like guilt driven type church retreats at all. It was a very progressive, fun, you know, but I walked away feeling very like relaxed but also motivated and, and my cup was full. And so I wanted to talk about a lesson that I learned um, or the theme of the weekend last weekend and also some of the lessons I learned personally because I think it can help all of us, especially women and moms and um, and all of you who are my listeners. So let's get started. Mm-hmm. So after Brooks got his permit this morning, we, he and I went on a coffee date to, we love coffee shops and he's always been been very mature. Um, he's always been an old soul. And so even when he was very, very young, we would go to coffee shops and we would go out to brunch. I'm talking like when he was like three and four years old, he would love to do these kinds of things. Um, and so we went to a coffee shop and I gave him some of his gifts so we could have some alone time, but I hadn't finished writing his card and I didn't want to rush it. So I, um, anyway, so he didn't have his card, at that time and I got home and I just sat down and I started writing and I'm about to read you one of the sentences from the card because I think it just came out of nowhere. You know how sometimes when you're especially I think as a writer when I'm writing or journaling or something like that sometimes these like sentences and thoughts will just come like out of nowhere. Like I guess that's just like the you know like the unified field out there or whatever. They just like come to me and I'm like, "Oh, you know, And then they end up sounding really profound and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good, that's a good piece of advice. So before I read you the sentence, I wanted to just say that he started high school this year as a freshman, you know, and you know, he and all of his friends and all of his grade, they were the top dogs last year in middle school as the eighth graders. And so it's always kind of hard to go from top dog, eighth grader to bottom of the totem pole, ninth grader. And, um, especially for boys, I feel like, because all these older, even the sophomores can drive and everybody's driving around and hanging out after school in their cars and they have, you know, jobs that they can drive to and they've got the girlfriends and they've got, they just seem cooler. And so I feel like as I watch, as I observe Brooks and all the freshman boys, they just are kind of trying to find their place and they're trying to figure out like, what's cool, what's not cool. Like now I'm watching all these older boys, like, you know, this is where I'm going to be in a couple years. And it's really interesting as a mom to kind of watch. I'm sure if you have a teenage teenager, you for I'm sure this is the same for the girls, but it's like just it's like they're just exposed to so much more it's just so much more in general when they go from eighth grade to ninth grade. Um and you don't they don't tell you every single thing that they're hearing, of course, or you know, whatever. So it just kind of you don't know. But I've noticed that it's not like been, it's been interesting to watch because I feel like Brooks and all his friends are just trying to, you know, find their place. And so the point is, you know, some, some things are cool that, that you know, you want not think we're cool. And then, you know, and you have to figure out like, is it cool to be super smart? Is it not cool? Is it cool to play this sport? Or is it cool to play this sport? Or is it cool to hang out with this crowd? Is it cool to hang out with that crowd? And you know, we as adults know that like being cool in high school actually like doesn't matter at all. But it's hard to tell, you know, young people that who it's, it's like their whole world, like going to school and making and wanting to fit in. And that is just like a human need is to feel a sense of belonging. So that's totally understandable that kids, teenagers want to you know, fit in and be cool. But I just don't want Brooks or any kid to ever change. Like, I just don't want them to change because they were just born the way that they are. And if they just truly, truly like followed their own true North, then they would, then that's what the world needs. They need, we need them to be who they are meant to be. And so I've talked before about trees and about snowflakes and how, you know, they're all every single tree and every single snowflake and every single flower is different in some way and nobody makes them feel bad about it. And they just still bloom and shine and fall and, and change colors and do all the beautiful things that they do as a part of nature and nobody or nothing gives them a hard time about it. Um, and I just wish that people could be like that because people try so hard to fit in and to, fit a mold into like, be like, you know, be like this or be like that. And it's like, who created those molds in the first place? Like who created that stereotype of what's cool or what's in, you know, it's like so hard to watch. And if we would just all just be ourselves, then think how much more beautiful the world would be, you know? And I just, I like look at trees and I just think, you know, trees, they have like knots on them and they have deep roots and they have curved branches. Some are thick and some are thin and some are tall and some are short and some have tons of leaves and some are are bare and empty. And like nobody ever walks by a tree and is like, well, that's an ugly tree. We might think, oh, that's a unique tree or that is an interesting tree, but I can't recall any time I walked by a tree and said that's an ugly tree. And so I just wish that we felt the same way towards other people. Anyway, so back to my sentence. So I'm sitting down and I'm just like writing in the card. I'm talking about what an amazing year it's been. And then I said in the card, never change yourself or the world. Unapologetically be yourself and the world around you will change. And so I wrote that in Brooks's card and then I thought, huh, like I really actually should be, also telling myself that because I feel like a lot of us change ourselves for the world, especially in this day and age of social media and the bombardment of online news and pop culture. And we're all just trying to change ourselves for the world. And I feel like that if we just unapologi- unapologetically be ourselves, then the world around us will change. And so what I basically meant like that, which I hope Brooks and I have a conversation about it because I hope hope it like really impacts him. But I feel like what I mean that by the world will change is sure, we may actually change the world or at least change our small community, which then will go forward and may change the world, but it will also change the world in which we create. So that's kind of like the world that we manifest is based on what we feel it on the inside. Right. And so I feel like if we just are ourselves with no apologies, the world that we manifest will change from the kind of world that we would experience if we did change ourselves for other people. And so I think that we all need to remember this because. You know, we are what we think. And it's like if we have good thoughts and we are proud of who we are and we step into everyday, like, not caring if we take up space, you know, not worried about if people like us or approve of us, if we just step out into the world, unapologetically being who we are, then our actual outer experience of the world will change. And so I just want to keep reminding you of that, that And you have to find your own way to do this. If you find yourself being online and scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and feeling down on yourself or feeling like your shoulders are starting to hunch, then get off of social media. Like it's not a requirement for life, you know? And when I went on the winter retreat last weekend, I unplugged completely other than just to check an occasional text message from some of the other counselors because both of my kids were there. And I checked in with Matthew a couple of times, but for the most part, I wasn't on my phone at all other than to take pictures. And so. Because both of my boys were there, so I wasn't really like didn't really have anybody to worry about per se. Um, so I kind of just unplugged for like two and a half days, and then when I came back out of the wilderness, I didn't want to get on my phone. Like I just felt like I didn't want to get back on Instagram, even though I love the quotes that I kind of have curated on Instagram. But it's like I just felt like it was so nice to be unplugged and just to be connecting with other people like on an, in an authentic way that the thought of trying to get back on Facebook and Instagram just sounded exhausting. And I mean, I kind of got back on it. I definitely got back on it this morning because I wanted to do a little happy birthday message for Brooks. But it was just like, I think if we could just, if you're having trouble like getting off of social media or if it feels kind of like an addiction to pop on there all the time or if you feel like you have to post every moment of your life, then maybe just force yourself to unplug for a couple of days and do things that you used to enjoy, like reading or playing an instrument or going on walks or having lunch with a friend just do those kinds of things, and I am willing to bet that after a couple of days, you're, you're going to not want to get back onto social media. Um, and just aside from that, just other general things, whatever women you're around, or men, if you're a man listen to this, or whatever, if other people are trying to make you feel like you're not good enough, or you need to change for them, then maybe you should find a different circle of friends. Because I think true friends and good friends, they would want you to be authentically yourself, And so kind of to wrap up this, this little piece of the episode, I guess my advice to you and to Brooks and to everyone who has grown up in this very overwhelming, um, phase of history is that never change yourself for the world, unapologetically be yourself and the world around you will change. I also wanted to share some lessons I learned from the winter retreat. So I um, I don't know why I felt compelled to offer to chaperone. It just was one of those things where I have learned through grieving the death of my mom and dealing with a divorce and not having my kids with me all the time. I have learned that that sometimes just stepping out of our comfort zone and doing something unique like that is very powerful. And I actually love working with young, young people. And I knew that I couldn't be with my boys because I wasn't going to chaperone a a boy's cabin, but, and I didn't want to kind of, you know, cramp Brooks's style with him being a freshman. Like I'm just talking about, I didn't want to kind of be embarrass him by being a chaperone with the older kids. So I offered to chaperone the middle school girls, and I got this amazing cabin of sixth grade girls. And I used to teach, if you didn't know, I was a teacher for a while, and I taught seventh grade the entire time, and I, it's such a quirky age to teach, and I think if I ever went back to teaching, I would definitely teach eighth grade or higher, because I think at this point, I sort of have some wisdom that I feel like would probably resonate better with older teenagers, but I, at the time, really loved teaching seventh grade, and I was really good at it, dang it, but I just, I don't know, I just needed more. Like, I felt like public education, the exhausting thing about being a public school teacher is, It's like no matter how hard you work and how creative you are and all the stuff that you're doing, you just don't ever feel like it's like you don't, you know, you can't make more money and there's no, there's not a lot of room to grow and you're still getting all this stuff pushed down on you and you're taking time away from your own kids. So I will forever... I forever have so much respect for teachers just because, I mean, I think a lot of us do, but just having been in their shoes, I know it's not even like the actual physical work that's so exhausting. It's just the emotional toll that it takes having all of that young energy and knowing that they love you and they rely on you and they see you as way more than a teacher. I mean, a lot of my female students would see me almost as as a, as a mom or like as a big sister, they would talk to me about really personal things and, or things that were going on at home. So it's a lot of emotional energy that teachers absorb. And I really loved it though. I mean, I loved that part of it. I loved connecting with the kids. I didn't love some of the other things and I wanted to, I needed more money. I wanted to have more time with my children. And so I, um, left the public education sector and I do, I make a lot more money now freelancing with marketing and writing. And it's sad because teachers deserve so much more. than that but that's another whole episode but anyway so i you know so there are times now where because i guess if i was teaching all week then maybe i wouldn't feel called to do these other types of events But because I'm not around young people as much, other than my children and their friends, I wanted to chaperone this past weekend, and I asked if I could be a cabin leader. And I know a lot of the folks at the church, obviously. So um, they're like, yeah, you know, that'd be awesome. And it was so rewarding for me. I hope it was as rewarding for them as it was for me. So we're basically, you know, out in the woods at this retreat center, and we have um, a pastor. who was like a, a renowned pastor in our area, Methodist pastor, and he was pastored a huge church in Asheville, and he um, is retired, but he still um, is, you know, I don't like, I'm not even gonna use the word preaches because that word gets sort of annoying, but he speaks at the church, at this church, and so um, he um, was like the main speaker at this past weekend, and one of his core messages was about emptiness inside of us and i'm so glad that all those young people were there because it was what he was saying is like nothing in the outside world no amount of money no amount of prestige um there's no amount of success that's going to feel a void within you and and i have learned that so much and so basically if we're empty inside, like if we don't have any kind of spiritual connection, if we don't have that special connection with family members, if we don't have a sense of purpose as far as like why we're here, then all of those things would be considered emptiness. And when we feel like that, nothing is going to make us feel whole. But if we work on that first, then anything that happens to us is exciting or feels rewarding. So I, I, um, I thought of like a perfect example, which was when my children's book got released. And so basically this was like two years, um, after it three years after my mom passed away and two years after the divorce, when my children's book was released. And I had just been having like a really hard time, like with not having my, the boys with me all the time, missing my mom, just trying to be a single mom, just doing it all on my own. Like I just, I mean, I was dating Matthew and that was a bright spot, but there were still a lot of collateral damage which is like what I call all the things that I was having to deal with you know their dad remarrying and then being with another family part of the time and being you know it's just like a lot so i felt like okay well when i get this book published that is going to make me feel better and i'm going to feel that whole, like it's going to like i'm not going to be as sad all, all the time and like i remember when i got that first set of books obviously it's fun to see your name on the cover of a children's book. I mean, it was a lot of work and it was such a fun experience. The experience, this is like another thing. The journey of publishing the children's book is so much more rewarding than when I actually got the children's book in my hand and it was a final product. Like writing the book, working with an editor, you know, getting the inspiration from the boys. Like the, my illustrator was phenomenal. Like working with her, I would get so excited when I would get the latest illustrations because she would send them to me and then I would like approve them. And I never one time disproved anything that she did because she was so fantastic. So, I mean, I can't even explain how amazing she is, but she would send me the sketches and ask if I liked them. And I did, they were amazing. And so anyway, I would, I couldn't wait to open my inbox and like get her sketches or like see what the editor said about, about the, about the, the content, you know, and all of that. And so anyway, that part was amazing. But when I actually got the book in my hand, I was just kind of like, Oh, like awesome. Like it was exciting. But I think because so much other stuff in my life was so stressful that that big, big moment of success did not did not like fill all this void that I was feeling from the loss of my mom and the loss of my family unit and the divorce, like it did not fill that. And so it was very cool and I obviously am excited that I published a children's book. But at the same time, it just, it didn't bring me the feeling that I thought it would bring. And I think that a lot of people experience this, whether it's like, oh, when I move to that place, I'm finally going to feel this. Or when I get married, I'm finally going to feel this. It's like we always think that when we get to this next level of life achievement or life stage, that we're going to feel something. And so I think what I learned at that moment when I got those books from the UPS truck was that I have to feel that first. I have to feel that void inside of me first and then all these other things are going to feel fulfilling because I'm already gonna feel full you know and so I think people who have um, like a really strong faith and their families are really close anything else that happens is just so great because they already feel so full so what I did at that moment after I kind of had this feeling that night after I got that children's book and that night I was just kind of like this is it like this is like what I've dreamed of since I was a little girl was to publish a children's book but I just still feel that emptiness. And so what I started doing around that time was I started um, really working on my spirituality and working on what is it that I need, I need, I need a connection with the divine. Like I need a connection with the higher power. I need to find a sense of purpose. It's ongoing. That's not just a fleeting, like one, you know, publishing a children's book, you know, I need to find something that feels meaningful to me. And so it's been a journey, but I feel like now I'm at the point where I have like such a strong faith. I just feel like I'm trying to release all these like, control issues, and I'm trying, I've learned so many strategies for any kind of anxiety or fear-based decisions, like, and so now that I'm at a better place, I feel like now if I publish a book, it's going to be so exciting because I'm at a better place with all these other, like, baseline things, and Um, So that was the message last weekend as as because I think Pastor Rob was trying to relay to all these young people that it doesn't matter. Like if you're cool, if you make the basketball team, if you have the best shoes, if you have the nicest car, none of that is going to feel an emptiness inside of you if you don't find a true intangible way to fill that hole. And the interesting thing was like the night that we got back from the retreat, we were all sitting in our living room um, watching that show, You Are What You Eat. And there was a whole segment on Daniel Hom, who is the um, executive chef of 11th Madison Park in New York City. And um, it used to be like this, you know, just basically all around restaurant. They had meat. They were known for their lavender infused duck. Like they were known for these like really bizarre entrees. And so, you know, he like grinded every day in the high-end culinary world to like be the best restaurant. And in, I think it was, I don't want to misspeak here, but I don't want to misspeak, but I made 2017 or something, I think. But he won restaurant, uh, um, best restaurant in the world. Like, he won best restaurant in the world. And he had all the Michelin stars. It was, like, the penultimate, like, it was, like, the highest thing that you could achieve as an executive chef. And he said that, and it was weird, because in the show, he said, I had reached the top of the mountain, but I still felt empty. And Brooks looked at me because that was the exact thing that Pastor Rob had said over the week over the weekend retreat where it was called Mountaintop Moments. And so he was talking about, you can reach the top of the mountain and still feel empty if you don't have that void inside of you full of something more meaningful. And so this chef said that exact thing. We reached the top of the mountain and still felt empty. And for him, the top of the mountain was receiving best restaurant in the world. And Brooks looked at me like wide-eyed like, oh my gosh. Like it was exactly the thing. So what that chef did was he, that he turned it, he like turned the restaurant into a full vegan restaurant because that felt meaningful to him with the way that climate change is, you know, with the information that we're gaining from climate change research regarding livestock and the production, the mass production of meat and all that kind of stuff. So he turned it into a vegan, a full blown, I mean, he went from having the most sought after menu in the world to completely change the menu to all vegan. And basically he just said, I didn't care. Like I knew that I wasn't, I knew that I wasn't gonna feel full doing what I was doing. And I had reached the mountain and still felt empty. And I wanted to do something that felt meaningful to me. And now he's, it's like this super, super famous vegan restaurant. And I really wanna go to it in New York City, but it is outrageous. But anyway, um, of course, because it's just like truffles and like just super high-end like vegan Ingredients and it's like a, it's like a ten course meal it 's not like you order off the menu. it is like an experience. they have three different experiences they don 't even have a menu they have three different experiences like where it 's like the number of courses the level of of um like the quality of the ingredients like all that kind of stuff so anyway, I just it was it was it was very it was a very good weekend, and I hope that that message was relayed to the kiddos because it was certainly relayed to me, so I wanted to share it with you all um so anyway, I as I when I get off this uh recording, I am going to pick up the brooks from snowboarding and see him some more before um his dad has taken him and his buddies to a movie tonight and they're gonna hang out with Fred and he's gonna hang out with all of his friends and then tomorrow we get to celebrate my younger son's birthday, who turns twelve um and anyway, I hope you all are doing well and staying warm wherever you are. There's a lot of snow and cold weather going on in this side of the country. And so wherever you are, hope you're warm and safe. And I just want to encourage you to, if you're kind of feeling empty inside, to really not seek uh, tangible items or outside experiences to fill that hole, but really to look inside and try to identify like what what it is that, that you're missing, you know. Um, it may be self-love. It may be, you know, a purpose in life. It may be a lack of faith, um, in the universe, but whatever it is, it's worth searching for. Um, thanks for being here as always, and I will catch you on the next episode of She Breathes. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. My goal is to share information and inspiration so that women feel seen, heard, and empowered. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, please share. Lastly, if you have a topic or idea that you want to hear more about, or if you want me to expound upon a topic I've previously discussed, please let me know. Message me on any of my social media platforms or email at susanna.shutley@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.